Welcome to an all new episode of What the Tech Just Happened. As of today on May 5th, global cases of COVID-19 has exceeded 3.5 million globally with over 1.2 million cases in the US alone. As we look forward to what the tech is next, we're wondering what does business look like one year after COVID-19? We're gonna talk about how we're changing computing with smartphones and PCs, what the future of cryptocurrency is, and how will we view sanitation in public moving forward? All this and more on What the Tech Just Happened. Good morning, Rob. Hey, good morning, Kenny. We have a special guest with us today, Rob. Yes, we do. We have Tyler Meckes, who hosts Tech 2 with Tyler, joining us, uh, I think from this point, moving on, on what the tech just happened. Tyler, good morning. Good morning and happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. That's Ooh, right. I it's also Taco that. Tuesday. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Can't get any better than this. Taco Tuesday, Cinco de Mayo. I have um, no, no uh, taco plans for later today, so I have failed. Wow. At today already. Well, my girlfriend's coming over and we are doing Taco Tuesday today. Oh, good yes. for you. Yep. And margaritas. <laughs> oh, Tyler, do you oh, have tacos what? and margaritas on oh, the menu? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Covaritas, right? Covaritas. Covaritas. Or you could just have a good old fashioned Corona. That's true. <laughs> that sounds good too. I actually, I heard they were stopping production. I'm not sure if that was Corona related, oh, but I guess it could better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I see Rob's eyes and he's like, move on, move on from the bad jokes. Move on, Penny. There's too many puns. Okay. Uh, We have a very full episode today. Each of us has sort of brought a a topic of interest. And, you know, given that uh, this, of course, is a technology podcast, I thought we'd maybe look at, Rob, your topic first, uh, because I think it's sort of the foundation of everything we do, which is how we how we work, how we play, this sort of uh, one life between a PC and a smartphone. What are your predictions or what are your thoughts around what are smart app or smart mobile phone and PC world looks like one year after COVID. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of frame it first of all, because there's, there's a lot of, as we know, a lot of things that are going on and we kind of recap, uh, you do that at the beginning of the, each of the episodes very well. They're saying, you know, upwards now of 30% of the population is going to be facing unemployment. And they are saying now that self-isolation could continue upwards of another 18 months. I mean, if you start looking at 18 months of isolation, that gets kind of nutty. You know, they're talking about the the, the first vaccinations coming out potentially in January, and then other ones are saying it could go as long as June. They're trying to speed up that whole process. Anybody listening to the news understands all that. Um, But there are going to be those long-term shifts toward, you know, home-based work. I don't think that's really going to go away completely, and we've touched on that in the past as well. So what does that look like? You know, people start talking about the next new normal and what is technology going to do to try to keep up, and they start talking about 5G. And, you know, we said, yeah, there's going to be an acceleration of 5G. Unfortunately, what's happened because of all those things that I just mentioned, the economy turning down, that there's this been this paradigm shift now 
back to the way things were because they're they're predicting now almost five billion dollars or fifty one. I'm sorry, five billion, fifty one billion dollars less in revenue in that space. Now they're looking at five G going to more of a tactical deployment instead of a strategic deployment. So they're looking at where they're going to be able to fix the speeds where it's needed the most. And then you have a lot of the legislation that's coming out now as well. So they're thinking that there's going to be emergency legislation. There's going to be executive orders that's going to limit video content and streaming. They're going to try to limit it down to the 720p as opposed to the high def streaming that goes on. So you've got Netflix, you've got Hulu, Apple, Disney Plus, YouTube, all the other providers are going to have to broadcast in that 720 to conserve that broadband. They're looking at the, the new subscriptions kind of going down that way. They're trying to halt new subscriptions altogether in the U.S., and they're halting any of the upgrades, which is going to slash revenue like tremendously for them. So you start seeing all of those things happening. You start working that over to the mobile world as well and some of the things that are happening in the mobile world. Well, a lot of folks, they're not buying new devices. And so that's another thing that's happening and why the 5G halt has gone on. In order to really take advantage of full 5G, you know, you need those those new devices. You can put 5G on some of the older devices, but you don't get the full true 5g on those so yeah they we learned what that they the new uh, the new stuff has the antenna to actually pick up the 5g signal so you can use because that was my biggest question when we had matt skoog on for that episode was you know uh, if there's going to be a 5g network and i have my cell phone can i no longer use the network and he's like oh no you can use it you're just not going to have any advantage to being on 5g right so, so it you think the, um, just to kind of ask you, I won't ask you any pop quiz questions. Do you, you kind of mentioned it like the, you think device, 5G device sales are, are not going to go at the rate as we maybe were originally expecting like six months ago? That, that's exactly right. And again, I think that's all because of COVID. And as that continues and now we get on the other side of it, is there going to be a surge? I think there's going to be a surge in a lot of areas, but I think that's going to lag a little bit because people have already made provisions for the way things are now. And I think they're going oh, to, point. yeah, they're going to go and take a look at things that are, are more mission critical for them in the workspace. And they're going to go, hey, this is working well now. So they're going to take a lot of those uh, older devices and they're going to repurpose them and they're going to use them, you know, for this, this new normal, you know, other areas now are, are going to surge. You know, if you look at uh, medicine, you know, and you look at healthcare, what, what's going to happen there for the, the ones that were less mission critical, you know, like the orthodontist and uh, dentist and eye doctors and, you know, all the folks that have been kind of putting those things off, even even people that have been putting off, you know, doing the real, the, the test like mammograms and uh, getting tested for cancer, they were sort of putting that off. So now there's going to be a, a surge for that when all of this wave is over. And I guess they're starting to use AI now for that and they're finding certain applications that can determine higher risk and then they have to prioritize folks and bring them in at the telemedicines or at the uh, at the healthcare uh, point 
But then also dentists have to look and they have to prioritize as people start oh, coming totally. back. So you have all those priorities coming and then you start looking. I'm, I'm trying to work around back to what my original topic was. They're going, where is he going? With What's this? your point, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> it's crazy. You go down these rabbit holes. Again, we're just kind of talking about things that are shifting and what's going to happen now in the workplace. And we start looking more at the devices that, that people are using. So you're still going to have a lot of folks that are going to be working remote or the new models are going to be having a large percentage of their workforce working remote. So it's much easier to work on large screens. It's much easier to work with keyboards and mice. And so it's now, you know, do you use your regular PC that you have? If you do that, it's very difficult because it takes a lot of IT resources in order to, to maintain that and, and put the proper applications on there. So there's going to be more of a move to my prediction anyway, and I think others out there, experts are saying, that there's going to be a move to more cloud provision terminal devices. So like an Azure optimized device uh, that can be used anywhere on any monitor on, uh, you know, on on any station that they can go to. And then we kind of touched on some of the things that they can do through whether it's a, you know, a VPN or a VDI and how that all works. But I think those cloud provision devices and those phablets are, are the things that are going to be. Phablets. Yeah, phablet. phablets. Phablet, Rob. What's uh, a phablet? A phablet is a kind of a cross between a phone and a tablet. So it's not phone size. It's not full tablet size. It's that six to 10 inch range right there that they call a phablet, not something that you put into a pocket, but it's something that'd be that, like the iPad mini or iPad mini would be a fab something like that. Yep. Okay. Yep. Rob, I love all of these different names of different things that you had last night. I went for a run and I shared with my wife what a COVID divorce was. <laughs> I, was I was using some of those <laughs> phrases. No, it's, it's a COVID divorce. New or zumping. Was it called zumping? Um, zumping. Yep. yep. Zumping. Yep. I wanted to let you know, Penny, you didn't get the hint today that I was the new host. We're transitioning over to Tyler. It's working out yeah. tremendously. This is my this is my bon voyage. Your swan song right here. <laughs> oh my god, you guys are too funny. You know, Rob, it um it's funny because you it, I didn't even really think about that that part of it where we're not going to like the the sale of 5G devices or the brand new stuff that comes out where everyone was like tripping over each other to to get the new stuff. Everyone was in such a mad dash to get something over the last couple of months that that sort of will regulate uh, the purchasing. But I, I what I thought was really weird, I had found, not really weird, but I found an article on CNBC that sort of gave a lay of the land for Windows PCs because we all know like everyone's on a smartphone or everyone was on a smartphone. Everyone was, you know, traveling on the road. They're using apps like Uber and, you know, all this stuff. And now everyone's stuck at home. So naturally, PC sales have risen. And this was from Panos Panay, Microsoft's chief product officer, said that over 4 trillion minutes are being spent on Windows 10 a month, which wow. is a 75% increase year over year. Wow. Um, so from April last year to April this year, the amount of PCs that people are using versus their smartphones and smart apps has actually made app developers like Instagram, which was exclusively really a mobile app. You had to like get into the the control something to get into the coding 
um, in order to post a picture on Instagram on your, your computer, they're actually putting work into the desktop applications now because people are using PCs more. So this, I thought 5G was going to go through the roof. Everyone was going to have it. Everyone was going to be getting phones. The infrastructure was going to be built super fast. But I, I like what you're saying where it's like, oh, no, let's slow down. Let's give it to the people who actually need it. Like that is it's going to be pivotal to the infrastructure rather than you know, a consumer mad grab or, or business mad grab. It, it's kind of interesting it how is. things have think turned. It's be a shift more towards um, like where it's absolutely needed. Like how could 5G help healthcare with COVID or how could it help with vaccine development? Do you think we're going to see the shift from consumers to mission critical and then build out from those different areas, I guess? Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was saying. So that that's that tactical deployment that they're going to be doing. They're going to be looking yeah. at those areas in those um, th those industries that need it the most, and they're going to be building out that 5G network. Because as we learn, you know, you have to put up a heck of a lot more towers. There's a, there's a lot more work that goes into setting up a 5G than, the, than there was for 4G just because of the, the millimeter wavelength that there is there. It, it, the deployment of it is much more difficult. So um, that infrastructure, they're going to slow that down. And like you said, they're going to find those that that more of that tactical approach healthcare and whatever other areas you know some really densely populated areas that can benefit the most from it yeah and that uh tyler i think that kind of like blends into you know the topic you brought a little bit it which is you know what is that mission critical what is that our next phase look like in terms of being safe and being clean and having things that are sanitized. So what do you bring to, uh, what do you, what the tech do you think is next uh, coming one year out of uh, COVID? I think there's going to be a huge focus in cleanliness in, in different patterns that we have. Like even right now, and I wanted to ask you guys this as well. If you're ever watching TV right now, do you ever cringe when you see a big crowd or things that we used to do, like getting into an elevator touching the buttons. Do you guys ever look at, at a high fives even like even living well now that we're in COVID life, I guess, do you guys say, wow, how did we do that? That is so gross. I cannot believe that we, I would shake hands with a complete stranger. <laughs> See, I, I, I don't think I don't look at it that it was so gross, but I definitely look at it and it, it makes me go, Oh, this was this was made before COVID or this is, it just, it, yeah. you don't, it, it, you're, there's such an awareness of it now that there wasn't before. I didn't even think about being in crowds and high-fiving and hugging and right. all that. Now you look at it and go, Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, you know, what's funny is I, uh, I, I record like I have a lot of DVR stuff set up on my TV and then I'll go back and watch it months later. And I'm watching stuff that was recorded, you know, like six months ago. And what's funny is Clorox ran a campaign about six or eight months ago they said clean is just the beginning that's like eerie messaging that is really Laura. eerie yeah that's foreshadowing <laughs> of the movie yeah yeah <laughs> it's super 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 creepy so what are you like what's your with the crowds tyler with oh, all so that besides, stuff going yeah, on so like besides that and, I, and as you guys know as i was mentioning it before i'm a an avid sports fan and, and kind of missing out on sports a lot I actually was just watching um the South Korean baseball league at two o'clock in the morning, just to get my, my live fix of sports. So the struggle is real at this point. And, um, and I've even been an avid fan of marble racing these days. So, you know, any way that we could, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, hold please. Marble racing, please describe. Get a life comes to mind for me. <laughs> <laughs> so just a very, very quick, it was literally just like marbles start rolling down different obstacles down a hill and they have an endpoint, and then it 
goes down like a, a dirt hill or something. It is ridiculous. I haven't watched it too often or too long, but it was uh, I've never seen it before. I think watching it more than five seconds is watching it too long, Tyler. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Well, maybe I got to go do some self-reflection after this. But. I don't know, but maybe <laughs> maybe uh, my three-year-old now has an activity for this afternoon. We will do hey, some if, ma- if marble racing. Just been compared to a three-year-old, Tyler. <laughs> anyway, so back to the back to the cleanliness and sports. I saw that Mark Cuban is actually um, looking into some pretty cool um, augmented reality and, and AI type equipment for his arena. So similar to something like Pokemon Go, he could take your smartphone and flash it on some of the seats that were were there in the stadium and see uh, what was cleaned, the last time it was cleaned, the last time somebody sat there, and even other areas around the, the stadium, such as like a handrail or stuff like that. I think from a cons- consumer perspective, that would be super interesting to see if, the, if these people are actually cleaning as much as they say they are and give some peace of mind that I, it's a really interesting concept. And I, it's not, I'm not surprised it's something that Mark Cuban would say, cause I think he's very, you know, when he, all of this started coming, you know, affecting businesses and consumers, he was kind of the first person to say, you know, publicly how businesses react to COVID and, and handle this situation will basically be their brand, you know, moving forward. So Mark Cuban's super, I think accountable all the time and his actions. And I, I think he's very forward thinking like, it's cool for me as a consumer to be able to see the last time something was clean, but as a business owner, he's really putting himself on the line to guarantee that, you know, there's going to be a good report or be able to take a bad report if that that's the case. And it, it would be really interesting to see how other business owners would want to approach that. Cause I would think, you might have a lot of liability. You might find out no one's cleaning your stuff and then no one wants to come to your stadium or, or whatever. Yeah. You I might, think it would might not really want that to come for, out, <laughs> but that would, I think that would, but the accountability though, uh, yep. for even retail or even people who some people don't want to even order food out right now. If I knew that somebody was taking all of the steps to make sure that everything was clean and safe, that would make me feel a lot better as a consumer to actually go out and support the local economy and, you know, maybe not not be afraid to go to the store if you're no if you know that things are clean and and everything like that. I think it makes things easier. Yeah, no, it it, it totally because when we had uh, when we did our our episode on um, the TIDC, they were doing they're doing temperature checks before employees come in the door, and that just that makes employees feel safer being at work. So the the thought process and the logic of from a consumer side, the same thing, sort of being. I would actually, in all honesty, I would rather be able to see if a seat had been clean or a bathroom had been clean versus have my temperature checked as a consumer walking into a place of business. I would rather have it be on their end. Like, how are they keeping me safe? Not, am I infection free and can walk into your doors? So that could definitely, I see, could see it being a future play for for companies that are willing to take the accountability risk, of course. And I think that um, even temperatures too, I know that they're doing that over in, in the Asia's. And I think mm-hmm. that, that may be a new norm when we, after you swipe your badge in, you know, we could, I, I think you could potentially see temperature checks. What, what do you guys have, think of that? Like long term? What do you like? Honest? Like this is I, the part I love it's about a little, podcast. It's a little creepy, and we're doing that with connections. So when we go back, they have thermal scans before we go into the building. I don't know if you guys knew that. They've already they've already installed them. There are thermal scans. 
before you go into the building. And I don't know the technology. I don't know what they're using or exactly how it's used. I wish we had a video of Penny's face when that, when, <laughs> when that happened. <laughs> but it's, it almost, I don't know, to me, it almost seems like it's a bit of a HIPAA violation. I don't, you know, I don't understand it, but, um, you but know, this it's is the new world, the new normal. Yeah. This is the new normal, which is it is, uh, and we talked about it a lot, Rob, on past episodes. What 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 are the regulations and what are the policies that are going to come out of this? And a large portion of them are going to be around public health and public safety. And it it does it's it's creepy to me, like Tyler said, my face. Uh, the thought of being thermo scanned when I walk into work is I can't. I can't put my arms around that, right? Yeah. I can't put my arms around anything right now. <laughs> no, you can't. Technically. <laughs> Stay away. Not within six feet. <laughs> but that, I mean, there's a, my immediate thought was like, oh my God, what is the future? But that is our future. future. Yeah. It's very, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if exciting is the word, but it, I think it's very interesting to think, think forward like that and see how different it is. And one day we're going to be looking back saying, yeah, remember that time when you went into an office and you didn't get thermo scanned? You know, those were the days. Those were the days. Those good old days. <laughs> well, we say it about. Uh, I was having a conversation with my father-in-law not too long ago, and I, I kind of alluded to that. I said the stuff that, like, the things that are going to come out of this, we, we can't even fathom yet in terms of regulation. And he's like, "Oh, I don't think anything's going to be too different." I was like, "No, but look at 9/11. Look at what happened after 9. You used to be able to walk someone to the plane." And it was no big deal. I remember being in an airport pre 9-11 and now you can't, you have to go through security, you can't get in without a boarding pass. And he's like, oh, they're not going to set up all of this and have people check temperatures. And I was like, that was the very T TSA. That's where the TSA came from was an entire event that then led the government to set up this organization to make us safer. And he's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think about it that way. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's coming. We're going to have like the medical security administration um, or public health administration, you know, at our, our offices. It, it's, it's strange, but I definitely, I could see it being a year from now, uh, our new normal. Yeah. Um, and we'll look back on this episode and go, Wow, Tyler really had some insight and was right about that. <laughs> Go Tyler. I'll be like Gary yeah. V where they show him like 10 years in the past and then show another video here of like, this is what we were thinking. Yeah, we thought the marble guy was a little strange, but he turned out to be right all along. <laughs> Still a little strange, but what are you going to do? He'll be forever known as the marble guy from this point forward. <laughs> marble Meccas. <laughs> marble Meccas. <laughs> I like. Oh man, God, like am I doing this you're myself? doomed. You are doomed. I don't know. I woke up. I should still be sleeping right now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. Uh, you're not helping me with my segue here because it's really hard to to transition out of marble racing to, to cryptocurrency. Parallel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. Uh, you can buy your marbles with some cryptocurrency. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Maybe we'll all. Uh, maybe in the future we will all be paid in Bitcoin or some other cryptocurrency. So today is May 5th. Uh, May 12th is the uh, Bitcoin halving, which is, uh, that's H-A-L-V-I-N-G, uh, just so everyone picks up on that. So every four years, Bitcoin is sort of the value of it or what you receive for mining Bitcoin is cut in half. So 
I, I'm going to give a, an extremely high level of Bitcoin here because I am no expert. I told Rob earlier today, like a couple of years ago, I was like super like geeked out on it and wanted to learn everything. I had uh, also a child in that two years, so I kind of lost some of the memory of Bitcoin. Uh, but here's the basic of it. It's cryptocurrency is basically and Bitcoin is probably the most well known. Um, but there's, I think, you know, at least a dozen different brands of Bitcoin. And what it basically is, is it's online currency that is transacted across the globe. And it is, I want to say it was, I think became the, like really founded around 2006. Um, and I won't get into all the, the history, but basically you can mine for Bitcoin by, they have Bitcoin miners that basically are verifying these online um, transactions that take place with something like a Bitcoin. And what I mean by that is it's very simple. To give you an analogy, if you walk into a liquor store, I don't know why I'm choosing a liquor store. It must be a sign of the times. Um, but if you walk into a liquor store and you give them <laughs> you give them $20 for a bottle of wine or something like that, they will take your $20. And you don't really have the ability to then use that $20 again somewhere else. You've handed it over and it's with someone and then they'll continue to use that money or put it in the bank or whatever. With online or digital currency, as you could imagine, people who started this and who work in, in cryptocurrency are super smart. It all relies on um, computer power and technology. And so it could be very easy for someone to take 20 Bitcoin, pay for something, and then duplicate that 20 Bitcoin and pay for something else. So it's basically a digital imprint because there's nothing tangible here. It's all a coded digital transaction for currency, which is currently unregulated by the banks, which is what makes everyone super nervous about cryptocurrency. But so what a, a Bitcoin miner does or cryptocurrency, mi what mining is, is basically verifying that all these transactions were honest, that that $20 paid $20 for that online purchase and wasn't repeated or duplicated anywhere else. So much smarter minds than me do this. And, you know, Rob and I have always kind of, we've talked about it in the background, like what's blockchain, what's cryptocurrency, what's all this. So blockchain is basically putting together um, it right now. I think the, the blockchain is one megabyte of data to show a full string of, you know, cryptocurrency transactions. And when you put together a blockchain, that miner who put all that together and verified it, it basically they're auditors, they get they like mine Bitcoin. So they get money out of it. So say uh, for putting one blockchain together, you get 12 Bitcoin as a miner. When a Bitcoin halving happens, you now that value gets cut in half and you now get six Bitcoin. And they estimate that I think right now we're at about 18 billion in Bitcoin that's out there. And the max Bitcoin that we expect to mine or find or transact is about 21 billion, um, which will happen around the year 2140. So that is an extremely uh, quick and dirty explanation and like sort of future of the value of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. But the reason I bring it up is not to necessarily just explain this, but I think we have a serious future 
around digital, obviously digital payments, electronic payments. But I think Bitcoin that has really been sort of in the background and something that people have heard about is going to get bigger as retailers and restaurants and large companies maybe consider not handling cash in the same way that they used to. And I say this because restaurants near me that are opening back up have already issued statements that they won't be taking cash anymore. They are doing either virtual payments. So you pay at the table or you call if you're doing takeout, you'll call ahead and you'll pay online. Or you can use a mobile app um, to pay them. But no one wants your cash anymore because to Tyler's point, health and safety and, you know, spreading germs. Cash, as we all know, is really dirty and is in a lot of hands. And so I think cryptocurrency could definitely, maybe not a year from now, but I think we're going to start to see the new horizon of uh, this online currency and potentially some regulation around it, if that's the case. That was a lot, Rob. Do you feel educated? I, I do. It's, it's, I'll be honest, it still confuses me. And I, I do a lot of reading about it. And I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I think I sort of understand it. And then it all leaves my head again. And then you come back with that explanation, which was great. And I'm like, okay, it, it makes sense to me. Well, sort of makes sense to me. <laughs> I hope I actually made sense. I would love but if you, someone like came back to me and was like, oh, that actually is is accurate. <laughs> and I've never heard of it. I mean, like I've heard the words in, in buzz terms before, but that was a great explanation. I knew I learned so much from that too. So so I'm, I'm on this, I'm on a website right now and I just, I want to say this one, I want to read this one line too that kind of explains two sides of the Bitcoin. So it's, it's called Coindesk. And they said, you know, to cut through some of the confusion surrounding Bitcoin, we need to separate it into two components. And they say, on the one hand, you have a Bitcoin, the token, uh, which is a snippet of code that represents ownership of a digital concept. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Right. It's not even money. It's yeah, a digital it's a, concept. It's a concept. <laughs> I, I own a concept here. Because I don't think they can call it money because it's right. not officially money right it's a type of there's, currency but yeah there's no like exchange on it there's no money behind it it's it's yeah. weird sorry so they, I keep interrupting. no so they say it's it's sort of like a virtual iou and then on mm -hmm. the other hand you have bitcoin <laughs> yes lucy <laughs> on the other hand you have bitcoin the protocol a distributed network that maintains a ledger of balances of bitcoin the token both are referred to as Bitcoin. So those are kind of from Coindesk. Those are the two sides of Bitcoin. You have the actual balances um, and then you also have the token itself. So you have the ledger and you have the token, which both of those together make up what Bitcoin is and why it makes it, they say, more secure than our own currency. Because our own currency right now is a centralized ledger, if you will where these ledgers are spread out and have to be validated over thousands of computers. And that's where right. that, that mining comes into place that you were talking about. So yeah. yeah they, and people go, it's not, it, it's not safe. And, and they, they're actually, nope. If you look at the science behind it, or if you look at the algorithms behind it, it is much more safe and secure than our actual currency is. So. Yeah. And I mean, that's the, wouldn't that be the the debate, right? About, about Bitcoin or cryptocurrency in general, where it's not regulated by a federal bank. It, all nations can use it. So wouldn't you, I'm not going to launch into a conspiracy theory, don't worry, but it would stand to reason that you wouldn't want individual governments or countries wanting necessarily 
cryptocurrency to be a thing because that ultimately could devalue their own dollar or yen or euro, whatever it might be, if you've got this money in the sky that everyone starts using, then but, what happens But imagine to that, though, that you all of a sudden you have something that is adopted globally and you now have one singular international currency that this sounds now, like the end times to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i i like i said i've i've not dabbled in it because i had i had friends like over the past few years that like tried to sell bitcoin like when it was going up and up and up like the value of it they're like oh you can get like one one millionth of a bitcoin for five dollars and it will grow and you'll you know own all of this bitcoin at the end of it and i think like on a consumer individual level like we're not there yet um we if someone has bitcoin they might be able to get takeout with it or they might be able to make an online payment with it but i think there's a future there and i think there's been this foundation laid over the past you know decade or so that we it's like going to come out of nowhere like all these things that were like, oh my God, when when the tech did that happen? Um, I think we're going to definitely see a surge. And I, I think the Bitcoin halving event uh, taking place next week, um, we'll we'll see what happens after that if there's a sort of, you know, a change in the landscape. But it, it's interesting to follow. It is interesting. What, what kills me though is we're talking about all this stuff, Penny, all these things you and I could have invested in or, you know, we, we saw the future and we didn't act on it. And then we're going to listen back to these podcasts. Go, why, why, why? But, but maybe we led other people to make the good decisions. Oh, is that I'm, right? Oh, yes. I'm too risk adverse to make any, any bold <laughs> As am I. Here. I'm so indecisive too. No worries. <laughs> so we just talk about it and then other people will hear it and go, I'm going to go make a million dollars on that. I'm going right. to get augmented reality for my business. I'm going to uh, work on virtual desktop imaging and uh, my desktop applications in the boom. And I'm going to invest in some cryptocurrency and maybe start mining it for myself. How about that? Because someone could make billions <laughs> Somebody, off of this episode. And they'll come back and they'll go, Marbles Meccas made me millions. Oh, say that 10 times real fast. Marbles, Alliteration. Marbles made me millions. I like that. I think, guys, I think that's a good place for us to end today's episode of What the Tech Just Happened. Uh, on whatever platform you are listening to us on today, please remember to like, share, and follow us. And please leave us a comment if you like today's episode or if you made millions off of it. We would love to know. And you can feel free to email us at podcast at connection.com to share your stories about what you think the tech is next. Rob, Tyler, thanks so much for joining today. Fun as always. Thanks, Penny. Thank Bye you. Guys. Thank you, Lucy. <laughs> Bye, Lucy. <laughs>